Good morning. My name's Nancy Dushan, and I'm at the Father's Church in Dallas, and um, this is the Wisdom Seeker Sunday School class. So, um, I started to, uh, oh, never mind, never mind, forget that. When uh, the Lord spoke to me, the, the topic of the lesson for this morning, last Sunday morning, um, when Pastor Full, uh, Paladin got up to preach, I saw the title of his message, and I thought, uh-oh, he's going to talk about what the Lord gave me. <laughs> so I thought, should I take notes, or what should I do? But um, he didn't, but the title kind of implied the same message, but... Um, this morning, uh, we're going to talk about a familiar account in the Bible, and um, I did borrow the scripture at the very top of your handout from uh, Pastor Falden's teaching, which is Colossians 4.17, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it, because it did um, it did go along with my lesson today, and I, I, I felt it warranted um, repeating so I put it at the top of your handout. Um, but we're going to be looking at um, Numbers chapter 32. And um, our signature verses are verses 11 and 12. But before we uh, review that passage, I want to take a look at uh, Joshua and Caleb. Um Joshua and Caleb were the only two adult Israelites in that first generation of people uh, to, to, um, who went into the fullness of God's calling. In Deuteronomy 31.7, Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them, and thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And then Joshua 14:11. As yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, so even, or even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. And then in Numbers 14, 24, But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him, and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereunto he went, and his seed shall possess it. So the other Israelites had followed the Lord's calling out of Egypt, but they didn't follow him into the land. They, they didn't follow him fully. And... Um, anybody has anything to add to just feel free to jump in so um so i want to review uh the chapter of numbers 32 and verses one through five um talk about the request of the tribes of reuben and gad and so i'll, I'll read that passage <coughs> Now the children of Reuben and the children of Gad had a very great multitude of cattle. And when they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, that, that behold, the place was a place for cattle. 
The children of Gad and the children of Reuben came and spake unto Moses and to Eleazar the priest and unto the princes of the congregation, saying, Adaroth and Dibon and Jazer and Nimrah and Heshbon and Eliah and Shebam, Shebam and Nebo and Beon, even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle and thy servants have cattle. Wherefore said they, If we have found grace in thy sight, let this land be given unto thy servants for a possession, and bring us not over Jordan. So the Israelites had made a complete conquest of the country east of Jordan, and they had invaded and overthrown the land of Gilead. And Gilead was known for its rich and extensive pastures that were great for food and cattle. So the tribes of Reuben and Gad desired this land, and they requested from Moses that it be given to them as their inheritance. And then in verses 6 through 19, uh, Moses' rebuke. <clears throat> and Moses said unto the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war, and shall ye sit here? And wherefore discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord hath given them? Thus did your fathers, when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea, to see the land. For when they went up unto the valley of Eskel and saw the land, they discouraged the heart of the children of Israel that they should not go into the land which the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled the same time, and he sware, saying, Surely none of the men that came up out of Egypt from twenty years old and upward shall see the land which I swear unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob, because they have not wholly followed me. Save Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, and Joshua, the son of Nun. For they have wholly followed the Lord. And we're going to take a look at this word holy here in just a little bit. Um, in verse 13, And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and, made, and he made them wander, <coughs> excuse me, in the wilderness forty years, until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was consumed. And behold, ye are risen up in your father's stead, an increase of sinful men, to augment yet the fierce anger of the Lord toward Israel. For if ye turn away from after him, he will yet again leave them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all this people. And they came near unto him, and said, we will build sheepfolds here for our cattle and cities for our little ones. But we ourselves will go ready armed before the children of Israel until we have brought them unto their place. And our little ones shall dwell in the fenced cities because of the inhabitants of the land. We will not return unto our houses until the children of Israel have inherited every man his inheritance. For we will not inherit with them on yonder side Jordan. Or forward, because our inheritance is fallen to us on this side, Jordan, eastward. So Moses had rebuked Gad and Reuben because 
initially he thought that they didn't want to go to war to to possess the land that the Lord had given the people, but that they would rather, he thought they would rather live in ease in the land of Gilead. Um, Did they want to settle for what they had, for what they could readily see uh, rather than go over the Jordan? because they knew that this land was a, was a good land for cattle and for food. And so when they, you know, they, they desired to have that land rather than go over. And um, secondly, Moses thought that it would discourage the rest of the people from going forward. And so he reminds Reuben and Gad of the consequences and the unbelief of the unbelief and faint-heartedness of their fathers. And he warns them of the possibility of the people being destroyed in the wilderness, um, thinking that the Lord would just allow again these ones to wander for 40 years or or longer. (coughs) But Gad and Reuben assured Moses, um, though, that um, they would go ready armed before the children of Israel until they had brought them unto their place of inheritance. And one thing that struck me about um, Reuben and Gad when they said, we will not inherit with them on yonder side Jordan or or forward because our inheritance has fallen to us on this side Jordan eastward. Um, (coughs) Did they not want to go over into what the Lord had promised or what the Lord had given them already? They just had to go in and possess it. Um, So then moving on to <coughs> verses 20 to 27. <coughs> you know what, Nancy, can I mention something? Yes, please. Um, when, it, when it speaks about <coughs> how Caleb um, in 1424, how different he was. Yes. It says that he had another spirit. And, you know, we, we've talked over the past couple of years about how each of us has this, every person has a spirit and that is either born again through Christ or it's just there kind of like the, the energy source for life and everybody gives that up when they die and we've talked about how when we pray in tongues the Bible says that our spirit prays so in a New Testament idea that's that. So, what does it mean when Caleb is said to have another spirit? I mean, when you just read that, it could make you think that somehow God kind of played fast and loose and said, "You know, I'm going to give him, I'm going to give him an engine, kind of like one of Dennis's old Mustangs. All the rest of these cars, you know, they're they're just going to go slow. But this is a different spirit." And so it almost seems like, you know, all these other people, Joshua and Caleb, are going to go through because they had this other spirit working in them. And you think, well, why didn't God give all these other yahoos that same kind of spirit? But it, but when you look at what this word means, it, it kind of means a lot of different factors. And you have to 
put them all in the blender and figure out what exactly God's saying by another, because I think it's very important to what you're talking about here. And if you look at it, you can see that this word can mean to do something different, to enter into a foreign land, to, like, you should not worship another god, another Elohim. You can leave this one and go over here. That can be, but it's from the standpoint of insisting upon something that's different than what's actually going on right now, or something that's different um, as opposed to um, what everybody else is wanting to pursue. And if you if you look at this, it can it and here's the essence of it. It means at one point it can mean to delay or to hinder or to wait. And I think when you put all the meanings together, the thing about Caleb and Joshua was that they remembered what God had promised. Mm -hmm. They were holding on to what God had said those people were supposed to be participating in. And everybody else had forgotten that. Everybody <coughs> else was in fear. Everybody else was doing whatever the common thing was. And it, if, you, if, you take, if you take that aspect, then it makes a whole different interpretation of, you know, you shall have no other gods before me, and all the other ways that word is used. And so the important thing for us is this another spirit is it was the same spirit. Everybody has, you know, whatever whatever God has put in them to do, but it's how you're going to use that partnership with God. Are you just going to be flighty and follow after everything that's coming down the pipe? We've seen that happen. Mm -hmm. God's not pleased with that. Are you going to uh, are you going to say, oh, well, everybody else is doing this. This is the new trend, so let's go with this. Well, that doesn't work either, but you've got to be careful that you don't become drunk on tradition too mm -hmm. where you're so set in the mud you think you're pleasing God by not doing what God's doing now but it all comes down to waiting on the promise it all comes down to your point of identity which God has once delivered to you and that's what made Caleb and Joshua so important and that they were the only two that were going to be able to go into the new land because they were the only ones that remembered what God had said and committed their spirit to follow that. And you, you want to talk about a remnant. Two out of two million? Do that math. I mean, and, and so I think that I think that that's important when you look at all these, all these people um, and what, what you're really talking about, the holy follow the Lord into the fullness of his calling. Do, do you remember what the calling is? Mm -hmm. Do you think somehow God made a mistake when he brought you out of Egypt and did all those signs and wonders and provided water and, you know, drove out the enemy? Or, you know, are you, are you willing to hold fast to what God has given? And that's what makes your spirit really active. That's what the another spirit is all about. And as you're looking at this, I was wondering too if you could reread all those names in Numbers 32. Uh, <laughs> I probably butchered them. <laughs> no, those guys had another spirit. Anyway. Yeah. 
I probably probably butchered those names. Um, yeah, when I when I first read that scripture about uh, Caleb having another spirit, it it reminded me of us because the Lord has definitely given us another spirit uh, to follow wholly after Him, and um, it's it's the remnant here and in the network uh, that have stayed the course and our eye is still on the promise and what God has promised um, the the places he have, he's called us to, to take and so yes Stacy I was I'm pretty much done <laughs> with that with that humble and obedient and um, and you know we we've, we've all all of us who are here and, and the ones in the network that are alongside us have been hum- we've humbly followed the Lord and we've been obedient and when you said that in the beginning we all received we all had opportunity to follow that that spirit that the Lord had placed within us but it was the few that chose to feed that spirit and to um, accept or to receive in that spirit the the revelations that the Lord has given and um, to move forward with him and so um, so yeah it's I'm glad pastor brought that point up even though I read it I just kind of flew by it well you know it's, it's it's two factors with this another spirit it's one if, if you're striving Obedience is better than sacrifice, which is what Samuel said to Saul. And that was one of the two factors that took the kingship away from Saul. Um, You know, did I not say to do this? And why aren't you waiting till the eighth day? Why why aren't you waiting? And so if, if you're not following what God has called you to do, it doesn't mean you're stuck in the mud, you're not doing anything new. God's always revealing new things. Um, but your spirit then is going to be striving with God, and that's going to cause you all kinds of problems. The second thing is, you won't enter the land because you're not going where that spirit is leading. And and so those two those two factors with our spirit 
is, is essential because it all has to do with you following why you were put on this earth to serve. Mm -hmm. And are you following him? Are you following what the directive is? And uh, that's what Caleb had. And, and that's why, that's one of the reasons why he could say, look, give me this mountain. You know, I'm not afraid because I remember what you promised. Right. I know what you said. And that is essential. Can you believe? How many times did Jesus say that when uh, when he'd come up to someone? Will you believe? And Caleb believed, and that moved the giants out of the out of the uh, out of the mountain. So uh, that's that's another spirit. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Dennis. Yeah, <coughs> and it's. Uh, It's so clear that that uh, not only Joshua but Caleb had as his top of mind, top priority, his spirit, every bit of him was to fulfill the will of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And the children of these two tribes were looking at the land and saying, "I'm first. Yeah. Yeah. Joshua was saying, "God's first." And it's it's not an exact parallel, but it's it's reminiscent of not reminiscent. It happened. It happened later, rather that that uh, you know Abraham and Lot were looking at mm -hmm. the land. Lot said, "Hey, that land looks pretty good, and I'll take the I'll take the good part." And we all know how that turned out. Right. Um, and Abraham was taking the high road, so to speak, but also. Uh, seeking the will of God in this mm -hmm. in this uh, dispute that they were having, um, it's so and, and we see so many times the, the obvious difference between those that put fulfilling God's mission first and putting themselves first, mm -hmm. and, and well, even before that, the, the people putting themselves first wandered in the desert. For 40 for years. years. <laughs> well, it made me wonder when they decided to choose that land, is it, did they not trust that God knew what land he was going to give them in the promised land? That he, oh, I'm not going to give them a land for cattle. You know, I mean, it was almost like they didn't trust that what God was going to provide was going to be as good as what they were looking at. Yeah, and what they saw. And I, you know, that's, I think that God kind of put some things before us that look pretty juicy, but they're not what God's doing. You know, and so we have to, we have to keep moving or, you know, keep pursuing in order to get the thing that's actually probably ten times better than the thing that we're looking at. Exactly. Directly. So and I think that's another thing about taking, you know, we have the power. He's given us the brains, the ingenuity, the ability, the strength to take care of stuff. So mm -hmm. that's sometimes part of our downfall because we, well, we know the Lord wants to give us land. Let's just go ahead and take this. You know, we can. We've got the power to do it. You know, we can we can build our own houses, fence it up, take care of our people, and also have, you know. So in other words, people really have the inclination to go ahead and take care of what God's promised mm -hmm. without waiting for the provision of the actual promise. Yeah, and we'll see. So and getting ahead of God. Yeah, and, and we'll see in a little bit what happened to those two tribes. And also the half-tribe of Manasseh was included there. <clears throat> but we'll see a little bit later. What happened to those people? Because they did choose for themselves, they chose 
what they saw that was so good and didn't trust to follow the Lord and trust him to provide and to to lead them to something better. Um, so. And that, that, that's a good study to look where that word is used because it was also what Samuel said to Saul when he was anointed as king. You know, God give you another heart. Mm-hmm. It's the same factor, and that really was essentially what doomed Saul. And then, you know, when he said, you know, I've chosen somebody better than you who's going to function in tow, whose spirit is after me. It's all about that spirit. And, you know, Saul's heart was difference between heart and spirit. We don't need to go there, but um, he had just remembered what God had said, remembered the function of Samuel, you know. But, but this is all the same. I just pray that God will keep our spirit and our heart functioning in that another anotherliness. Amen. Thank you all for those points. <clears throat> beginning in verse 20 through 27 and Moses said unto them if ye will do this thing if you will go before the people armed and ready to bat to fight um, if ye will do this thing uh, if you will go before the armed before the Lord to war and will go all of you armed over Jordan before the Lord until he hath driven out his enemies from before him and the land be subdued before the Lord, then afterward ye shall return and be guiltless before the Lord and before Israel, and this land shall be your possession <coughs> before the Lord. So it's almost kind of like, um, oh, what do they, what do we, what do people call it? Um, the permissive will. Um, I don't really know if that's, accurate but um, it's almost like you know people say well there's a permissive will the Lord allows this and that but he would rather take you here well this almost seems kind of like that but not that I agree that there's a permissive will I don't know Um, I digress But if ye will not do so, behold, ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. Um, Build you cities for your little ones, and folds for your sheep, and do that which hath proceeded out of your mouth. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben spake unto Moses, saying, Thy servants will do as my Lord commandeth. Our little ones, our wives, our flocks, and all our cattle shall be there in the cities of Gilead. But thy servants will pass over, every man armed for war, before the Lord to battle, as my Lord saith. So Moses was determined to see that the people went over, and so he insisted that these two tribes go armed before the Lord to war. And um, I read in a commentary that 
what that really meant was that they were to go before the ark um, because, you know, the ark went before in battle, every battle. And so um, they were to go before the ark until the enemies, their enemies had been driven out and the land subdued. And that if they would do this thing, then they could return to Gilead and their families without penalty of sin. But if they didn't um, keep, you know, fulfill their word, then they could be sure that the, their sin would find them out. And, um, and then they would be forced to go over, um, which would not be a bad thing because that's where they should have been going anyway. And then um, in verses 28 to 33, <coughs> I subtitled that, The Matter Settled with Eliezer and Joshua. And Pastor alluded to this a minute ago that um, it was Joshua and Caleb who remembered what the Lord had promised, and they were going to hold to that, and they were going to see to it that that the people made it over. Um, in verse 28, So concerning them, Moses commanded Eleazar the priest, and Joshua the son of Nun, and the chief fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel. And Moses said unto them, If the children of Gad and the children of Reuben will pass with you over Jordan, every man armed to battle, before the Lord, and the, and the land shall be subdued before you, then shall ye give them the land of Gilead for possession. Because Moses knew that he wasn't going over. So um, he, he's instructing Joshua. But if they will not pass over with you armed, they shall have, they shall have possession among you in the land of Canaan. And the children of Gad and the children of Reuben answered, saying, as the Lord hath said unto thy servants, so will we do. We will pass over armed before the Lord into the land of Canaan, that the possession of our inheritance on this side Jordan may be ours. And Moses gave unto them, even to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, and unto the half tribe, and unto half the tribe of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, the king, the kingdom of Sion, king of the Amorites. In the kingdom of Og, king of Bashan, the land, with the cities thereof in the coasts, even the cities of the country round about. <coughs> My allergies are just really acting up here. <coughs> so the inheritance that Gad and Reuben desired was conditional, and it was left up to Joshua uh, to grant their request if they filled that condition or those conditions and in verse 33 <coughs> we see that the half tribe of Manasseh the son of Joseph was included in uh, this inheritance and it was interesting that Moses didn't say if they fail to go before us then they're going to be forced to come along and um, but but they're going to get part of the inheritance it was interesting that, that he went ahead and said they would get part of that inheritance when they had, you know, before desired this other land. And um, <coughs> so then verses 34 to 42, I just put taking the land because the rest of the verses in this chapter um, speak of the tribes taking the land and the, the, the cities... Um, 
they renamed because a lot of the cities were either named after false gods or um, <coughs> I guess just false gods. So they they changed a lot of the names of those cities to reflect, you know, their their beliefs and the true God. <coughs> and this is this is um what I was talking about earlier that um, we would see what had happened to these first two tribes, Reuben and Gad, because later in Kings, um, we learned that these tribes were the first to be captive, carried captive into Syria. Um, <coughs> and that occurred several years before the other tribes. And um, 2 Kings fifteen twenty nine says, In the days of Pekah, king of Israel came, and I'm not even going to try that one, uh, the king of Assyria and took Ion and Abelbeth Maka, which I butchered that one, and Genoa and Kedesh and Hazor and Gilead and Galilee and all the land of Naphtali and carried them captive to Assyria. So even though in the beginning they were given their desire to have this, this beautiful land and this, this land that was um, good for cattle and good for food uh, even though they were given that land in the beginning they were the first tribes who were taken captive and carried away to Assyria I didn't I didn't check to see how long they were in that land and enjoyed that land but eventually they were taken captive and um <coughs> So going back to our signature verses, um, I want us to take a look at the word holy. Um, for those listening, that's W-H-O-L-L-Y. And um, the word holy is the word male, and it means to fill, to be full of, to accomplish, to fulfill. And... I, w I put the definitions on your sheet so you could see those. Um, generally, it denotes the completion of something that was unfin unfinished or the filling of something that was empty. And um, <coughs> used in the, it's also used as a verb uh, in the termination of a set period of time, as in uh, Genesis 29:27, which says, "Fulfill her week." And we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me seven years, uh, another seven other years. So this was uh, talking about when Jacob had worked for Laban for seven years, thinking that he was um, be, was going to receive Rachel as his wife, but instead um, his father-in-law uh, Laban tricked him, and um, he was given Leah, and so. Um, Laban tells him tells Jacob if he works another seven years then he could have Rachel as his wife and then another example uh, so that that that's a, a that's a set period of time where this word fulfill or holy tra uh, translated fulfill is used and then in uh, Esther 2 12 is another example um, for when time was 
um, for a time when she was being prepared to go into King Ahasuerus, you know, they, they took the maidens, and for a year they prepared them. So that was a set time. Um, and then in Daniel 9-2, uh, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the members, the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. So that, that word accomplished um, has the meaning to be fulfilled. And this, uh, this word, uh, male, is also used as an indefinite period of time, as in First Chronicles 17, 11. <clears throat> and it shall come to pass, when thy days be expired, that thou must go to be with thy fathers, that I will raise up thy seed after thee, which shall be of thy sons, and I will establish his kingdom. Um, so that's an, um, an example of, of an indefinite period of time. And this word is also translated confirm, meaning to confirm words, as in First uh, Kings 1, 14. Behold, while thou, thou yet talkest there with the king, I also will come in after thee and confirm thy words. But the meaning that I found most interesting uh, about this word holy, to wholly follow the Lord, the, the meaning I found most interesting is um, the word, uh, the use of the word male with yod, um, because male yod has the meaning to fill a hand and is, tr is translated consecrate, and it means to institute to a priestly office or deliver the priesthood into one's hand. And I thought this was interesting because, you know, we've recently uh, talked about the hand of God, how that the hand of God has us covered and um, <coughs> his hand is over us. And, and now here we have um, the priestly office delivered the priestly office being delivered into one's hand. And we know that we have all been called to be priests. And that's how we function as priests before the Lord. And um, in Exodus 28:41, it says, And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons with him, and shalt anoint them, and consecrate them, and sanctify them, that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. In Exodus 29.9, And thou shalt gird them with girdles, Aaron and his sons, and put the bonnets on them, and the priest's office shall be theirs for a perpetu perpetual statute, and thou shalt consecrate Aaron and his sons. And I feel... My grandmother used to say when <laughs> things were getting kind of... When things were... No, she would say, she, I don't know, there might have been an argument going on between certain ones, and, and she would be tired of it, and she would say, I'm just going to get my bonnet and go to the woods. Oh, my goodness. 
Uh, yeah, get your bonnet and go to the woods and don't come back until all this is over. <laughs> and then um, regarding the annual atonement, Leviticus 16.32, And the priest whom he shall anoint and whom he shall consecrate to minister in the priest's office in his father's stead shall make the atonement and shall put on the linen clothes, even the holy garments. Um, and then in the regulations of the priests, uh, Leviticus 21.10, And he that is the high priest among his brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured, and that is consecrated to put on the garments, shall not uncover his head nor rend his clothes. <laughs> so, um, just to kind of summarize, um, we've all been called to be priests for the Lord, and the Lord has consecrated us, and, uh, and we are a remnant um, that has held on to the promise that the Lord has given to the saints. And um, we don't want to be like Reuben and Gad, but as saints, we want to, uh, we don't want to stop short of the promise and the fulfilling of his calling. Uh, we don't want to settle for um, less than what we know God has promised. And um, we are at that place of breakthrough so um, we want to wholly follow the Lord in obedience and in humility and take for him the lands that he has called us to. And <clears throat> he's, he's given us some, some great lands for the taking. And uh, we want to be sure and be obedient and, and humbly go before and, and, and do what he's asked and accomplish accomplish the what he's called us to accomplish we want to go over on the other side and and we don't want to fail god and um we just want to want to be obedient and and wholly follow him stacy well the, one of the things i really liked about this word was the particular meaning that said it said um the termination of a set period of time because I really feel like, you know, you can look at the seasons we've walked through and it's like, you know, we had to walk through that season and it was not going to be shortened. It was not going to be uh, anything less than what God required of us. But then once we walked through it, we really haven't gone back to some of those things. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about that beginning period, right? And, and you think about the circumcision period. I mean, we don't talk about the cir circumcision anymore. It doesn't mean... God's not continually refining us, but I mean, there was a period where it was just like, you know, it just in the wilderness, we were talking about the wilderness and we were just walking through that for such a long time, but once we walked out of it, we haven't stepped back into that season. Those principles are still alive in, mm -hmm. in the walk of the Lord, but, and so I think about even this COVID time period and there are just set time periods that we must walk through in order to accomplish and when we accomplish that then we we move into the next thing and the Lord is the one that has set all of that he's moved us along but when you think about particularly trying to outmaneuver that scenario 
you know, they wriggle out of it, you know, to not endure it, to, you know, well, by golly, we can reach the nations, you know, I don't care what COVID, you know, trying to do things outside of God's timetable. Mm-hmm. So I really like this word because if you want to wholly follow the Lord, then you have to completely submit to those set time periods that he's got you in something mm-hmm. and not try to get be, you know beyond that. So anyway, I just kind of, I like that because I, I see that in my own walk, that principle, um, and particularly knowing what pastor, the decisions he has to make to lead us, and him not, you know, because particularly his anointing is to go forward and conquer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not necessarily my anointing. I'm all for, you know, let's go, let's do it. I'm in agreement. But he's the one that has to say, you know, I I respect what God is doing. I'm not going to try to go to go ahead of what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, let's to go ahead and take this land. Yeah. And you know. So anyway. I mean, we don't we don't want to step out of the timing of the Lord. I mean, he knew about COVID, you know, so what did we do? We just made the best of it. We learned that we could uh, use all of our technology to, to just keep going, and we just all plowed through. I think that's part of that spirit, um, that other spirit like Caleb had. Um, we were determined just to, it was, you know, it was just a, a time, a, a set time, and we got through it, and we picked up and moved on. And it was in, it's interesting that you said you didn't have a uh, calling as to go forth and conquer, but you, you're all for it. You back the pastor. Um, it's interesting that the the fivefold uh, chart that we filled out, the pastor was the only one who met those requirements and there's a reason for that we only need one leader and um, you need an apostle. yeah it was yeah it was I'm sorry thank you um, when we did the uh, Questionnaire. yes I was trying to think of the other word but yes when we did that um, pastor was the only one who fit the category of apostle and I think that was really telling because there n- only needs to be one leader and then the rest of us come behind and and do whatever it takes to make that happen and I believe we're all there I believe those in the um, the network are there and um, those who are with us and and so anyway Mark So if nobody else has any more comments? Trish did, but Stacy took it. <laughs> she took it over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say this. Um, we were listening to, I, I'm not sure what it, we, what it, who it was or what it was, but um, something on this morning coming in, and um, they were talking about the Jesuits. And I never really knew who the Jesuits were, um, but 
I learned this morning that they are a very committed people. They, um, they wholly follow what they believe, only it's for the bad side. <laughs> and I thought, my goodness, how committed they are. And I mean, they'll go, they'll do anything. And I, I didn't realize that, but, um, and Rick can correct me if I misspoke that, but that's what I gathered from what we were hearing. And I, I was like, my goodness, those people. And would to God that his people were that way and um, would just follow him wholly and would do whatever it takes to see um, the Lord's will accomplished, you know, so... Mm-hmm. His plan. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really cool. I mean, I, I, I'm doing a lot of studying right now about about that and how you know a pastor was was prophesying many many months ago about um, how we are stepping into being able to uh, come alongside the Elishas. They're coming, and 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 I think that you know as it relates to you know who who are we follow. Following the world, are we following Joe Biden? Hopefully, God forbid, any of us will follow that voice or anybody in that party. I'm just saying because um, it, it's really not about a political party. It's not conservative, Democrat. We all need to be following the eternal plan, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like from a humanistic standpoint, and as it relates to. Uh, Elisha, you know, Elisha you know, represents a lot of, he represents the next generation of those moving in the prophetic. Mm-hmm. But the, the Elijahs, you know, I know we know Elijah, you know, makes, I don't want to say he made mistakes, but I mean, he obviously missed some things along the way. I mean, I'm not real quick to just cut him off at the knees because he's human just like we were, but he played a major role, a major role in, in affecting the next generation. And I believe we are at that point where things, we're casting our mantle and it's being spread wide over the Elishas across the country, all over the world. Mm-hmm. Because, and, and as that happens, the, we're going to see, and this is about following Yahweh's plan, we're going to see the impact that once that mantle is cast, it's going to have a major impact to where people are going to do just like Elisha. They're going to leave their fortune. And for him, it was plowing and working in the oxen in the field. Very hard work. Uh, uh, and leave that. And they're immediately going to go and say, hey, let me, just, let me just say goodbye to, in this case, the family. And Elisha said, sure. And then after that, immediately it says he came and he followed after him. And he, he was... He ministered to Elijah. And that just meant he was, he said, I'm here. I'm, I'm going to follow your training. I want to be underneath you and watch you. And for the next several years, it was like four, four to six years estimated that that time frame happened before Elijah was taken up in the whirlwind. So I believe we're in that time frame where we're doing this type of thing, but it's we're following 
the plan of Yahweh. We're mm -hmm. not following the plan of Ron, me, you, anybody in this room. We are following after what he wants. And in the midst of that, it's, it's, there's going to be some cave-like encounters. We're going to be in dark places. We're going to be you know, facing off with Jezebel. We're going to run from Jezebel from time to time. But then again, he came back and he was... He, he was allowed to confront Jezebel and Ahab at the end, and he was victorious, mm -hmm. even though he ran away from them initially. So, anyway, I just, that, that Yahweh part there is very, very critical. Yeah, and, and I had seen that, yeah. and I have to tell you this. Um, when I started planning my lesson, I, I did see that, and I intended to put it on here. Our computer crashed. <laughs> And so we had to order a new one, and we got it in this past week, and then Rick got it all set up Thursday, I think, Thursday evening. So it was Friday evening before I could start typing up my lesson, and I was just going through my notes and trying to get it all together. Um, but uh, so now we have a new computer. But anybody else? Tammy? I was looking at your last bullet here, Holy Follow the Lord in Obedience, and I started thinking back, I've always been in the church, and I started thinking back to when I was in um, two times that I recall. Uh, there was more than two revivals in a church, but I remember <clears throat> when I was in probably um, oh, fifth grade, and then again in high school, uh, we had revivals. And it's kind of likened to what we do today with the seminars. <clears throat> but uh, what I remember about that time period was uh, they were very powerful in our church and uh, people were uh, healed of addictions and at that time the addictions was usually smoking and drinking but they were, they were immediately cleansed and, and uh, did not have an issue, didn't lift up another you know, cigarette or you know, alcohol, whatever and then the other thing I remember was a lot of them received uh, speaking in tongues. You know, they didn't know about Irish tongues at the time. But I also remember uh, the pastor <coughs> encouraging people who would come that whole week in the evening after work, you know, for revival, and then on that weekend, Saturday and Sunday, to come back to the church and, and begin serving in the church. And we would have all these people packed into our church and, and we'd bring in folding chairs because it got full and we'd have them on the sides, the folding chairs, and in the back. And then after a few weeks, what would happen was they disappeared because uh, they didn't uh, wanna take that time to spend with God. They really didn't want to listen to what the pastor was exhorting them to do. You know, come to church, Let's worship the Lord. Let's pray. And so I remember those two time periods, uh, how many people would come, just flock to the church. Well, then when God, uh, <laughs> what was the phrase we used over here on that first page about our spirit? Another spirit. Uh, I think I'll use that. Uh, we had, it, it was like we had another spirit when God changed us. And... Uh, Lots of people were coming and participating and, and praying. And um, just because I grew up in church, I'm kind of watching to see, because I, 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 I felt that. I thought, how many are going to fall away? 
And so I, I kind of knew it was going to happen because I'd seen it as a kid growing up in the church. But what was amazing for us <clears throat> was uh, we saw people leaving that we thought were totally devoted to God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it really upsets <laughs> you. You know, you, you just get really confused with that. But I can remember Pastor saying numerous times, um, and he would, he would encourage us. He'd say, no, you know, we've got to follow God's purpose and his will for this church in this hour. We've got to keep praying. We've got to develop that relationship with God. And he just kept telling us that and telling us that. And so we're looking around as everything is shrinking and getting smaller. But we, we were wholly obedient to the pastor. We hearkened to his words. And we continued to pray. And we were obedient to do that to the Lord. And he blessed us and gifted us. And look at all the things that we accomplished as this remnant. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It is a miracle. And so I, you know, I look back on those years back when I was young, totally different, totally. There wasn't that, I mean, we were, we loved our pastor and we went back to that church. So that's, we hung on, we just continued. But the new people did not. And here we've got a mixture of all kinds of, uh, what your backgrounds are. You know, they're all mm -hmm. different. And boy, it has really impacted each person. And I can see that that change has truly transformed them. And, and I see the staying power of the Lord resting on them. Because I know that at times they probably felt like they wanted to run away. But they didn't run away. God's keeping power is amazing. And, and he's blessed all of us, even though it's a small group now. But, but you're right. He's blessed us, and, and we're committed and ready to continue moving forward. So if there aren't any other comments, I'll just say a quick prayer. Lord, we're just grateful for the, for the opportunity to still have our uh, religious freedoms and to come together to worship you and to seek you. Lord, I ask that you would just uh, continue to, to draw our hearts nearer to you. And Father, help us to always have that other spirit that would continue on with you uh, regardless, Lord, of what, what might be in the in the natural what we see but um, let our hearts be fully committed to wholly follow you in your plan and in your purpose and we just give you all the praise and all the glory in jesus name amen